Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. I want to welcome back to the program the legendary broadcaster for decades, creator of a new digital news media platform, oh, and a best-selling author, Bill O'Reilly. The website is BillOReilly.com. Welcome back. Bill, how are you? Good, Pete. How are you doing down there? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Um, so I saw, since the last time we spoke, when the book first came out, Killing the Witches, um, the horror of, the, of Salem, Massachusetts, we spoke when the book was first released. By the way, do you know how the book is doing so far? Yeah, we sold about a quarter of a million copies in a little more than two months, so it's a phenomenon. People don't read as much today as they used to because they have the cell phones in their hands every second. But uh, it's really doing well, and um, if you read the reviews on Amazon, um, I think it's 85% rate the book as excellent, so we're very pleased. Well, uh, Bill, uh, congrats on the success there. The Killing series, it's got about 19 million books in print. 18 of uh, the nonfiction books hit uh, number one nonfiction. So I guess this is not surprising. Your success here is not surprising. Uh, It's a great book. I read it, uh, and um, I was curious because the last time we spoke, I then came across an article at CBS uh, a couple weeks afterwards about efforts underway to clear the names of all of the accused, the convicted, and the executed, so I don't know if you're actively involved in those efforts, but i got to believe that the book has helped their cause at the very least. Yeah, the state of Massachusetts, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, is uh, symbolically um, giving the victims, the 20 human beings who were executed by these loons in Salem, uh, respect and restoring their reputations. And all that's a good thing. I think that Killing the Witches had a large part to do with that. Um, it's a contemporary book. It's not just about history. It's about the witch hunt today. Um, and so anything that we can do that turns out to be positive, we're happy with. Yeah. No, right. And so the, the first part of the book, it was a, it's a fascinating read. It moves all over the place, but it all has this common theme. The first portion is on Salem. Uh, the second portion is uh, the impact on America, the founding uh, fathers, Ben Franklin story. Uh, then you go into the demonic possession uh, with the uh, the exorcist stuff. And then, like you said, you tie it to the cancel culture, modern day uh, witch hunt. And so uh, I got to ask you, um, I've been seeing uh, this cancel culture and uh, this argument of cancel culture with regards to the college campuses where uh, the right is accused of engaging in cancel culture with these presidents of the universities uh, over the pro-Palestinian marches and demonstrations. What's your take on that? Well, it's ironic that the um, lack of due process is now turning against the progressives and they're being um, vilified. Um, I don't think it's so much a cancel culture thing as for the first time Americans are now seeing very vividly the narrow progressive repression at some of America's most well-known universities. I'm an alumnus of Harvard. Now, I never knew it was this bad up there in Cambridge, and I was there about a month ago. Hmm. Um, And I have friends there. 
uh, people who teach and things like that. I knew it was oppressively liberal, but I didn't know to what extent. And now everybody knows. So uh, just to strip it all down, I wrote a book called Killing the Killers, Two Out from Killing the Witches. Mm -hmm. And the way that the United States destroyed ISIS and Al-Qaeda was killing the leadership of those two organizations, assassinating them. And we did it very effectively. And Al-Qaeda and ISIS are now diminished so that they can't really cause the destruction that they used to be able to cause. The same thing is in play with Hamas. Hamas is no different than Al-Qaeda and ISIS. They want to kill Jews. That's what they want to do. So all of this ceasefire stuff, sympathy with Hamas, sympathy, um, you know, the Palestinians are not Hamas, but they certainly are satisfied to be governed by Hamas. There's no outcry in Gaza uh, against Hamas at all. So it's a war, and then the, you choose your sides in any war, and the progressive left, including the college presidents, have chosen the side of the Palestinians. And it's shocking. It, you know, anybody who calls for a ceasefire is basically said, okay, let Hamas regroup and they will do it again because they say they will do it again. Why don't we believe them? Yeah. Well, and to your point about uh, taking out leadership, it seems like Israel is seeing some success. Uh, I've seen some reports where you got these mass surrenders occurring because they're not getting any orders. There's no leadership to to direct them, and so they just they just surrender to the Israelis. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I can't run the war for the Israelis, and and I'm not naive. When you are going into uh, neighborhoods where civilians are, some civilians are going to be killed and hurt. And it's terrible. Mm -hmm. But what is the alternative? You have to destroy Hamas. Hamas hides in those neighborhoods. And that's it. Yeah. So, you know, look, we live in a country now where we have a civil war between traditional... Americans and progressive Americans. And the progressive movement has always hated Israel. And the college presidents are all progressives, the ones that we are seeing. I mean, it's, and that's just the way it is. Yeah. Well, it, it, right. It, the, it, it's not even so much. I saw uh, Noah Rothman was writing it, I think, National Review, and I, I read his piece yesterday about. Uh, it, you know, he said, at the core of all double standards, there is a standard, and what we all now see is that the standard has been that there is no actually uh, defended free speech, right? There, there's a different uh, belief that, it, and in the past, it's always conservatives, right? That were shouted off of campuses and stuff, or blocked, yeah, they were banned, yeah. yeah. So that's the, been going on for years, um, but now it's at the level of that the leadership of Penn, Cornell, Columbia, MIT, Harvard, on and on and on and on, are fine with that. You shut down conservative traditional opinion, that's okay. And, but you let the progressives run wild. Mm -hmm. And Americans don't like that, believe me. They don't like it. So, um... Democrats say the Republicans are on a witch hunt against Hunter Biden. 
uh, in order to get his dad yeah. to say, that's also <laughs> so a witch hunt. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so what's your third, take? Just step back. Even if you're a liberal and you're listening to Pete and me right now, just step back. You got a guy who is amassing tens of millions of dollars, giving nothing in return for, the, for that money, nothing, okay? Flying to the countries that are paying him on Air Force Two at taxpayer expense. And this is a witch hunt because we want to know what the situation is? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Yeah, well, it, it, I've said from the very beginning when I found out he was on some of those flights with his dad going overseas to the very client countries, and his father is saying, oh, we never talked business. Well, then why is he on the plane? You're going to tell me you have a, a multi-hour flight and you never ask him, hey, why are you interested in flying to Ukraine with me? It's insane. <laughs> and it's not true. And if Joe Biden thinks he's going to get away with this, he's not. And that's why I don't believe he's even going to be the nominee. He's not going to be on a ticket next November. Oh. Because this is going to get a lot worse, this Hunter Biden stuff. Now, I don't know whether the president benefited directly financially. I do not know that. Right. But I do know 100% certainty that Joe Biden knew his son was selling influence as well as his brother for tens of millions of dollars using the United States of America to do it. We paid for those flights, Pete, you and me. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just one. I think there were 20 of them. Yeah, there was a bunch. And so this is any Democrat, any American who say, oh, this is a witch hunt, oh, there's nothing here, oh, we shouldn't be looking at it, not one Democrat in the House of Representatives wanted to investigate this. Not one. Tells you everything you know need to know about that party. Right, and it's not even the impeachment. This is just the inquiry so they right. can start... they don't want to know. Yeah. They just don't want to know. Yeah. And that's, I mean, counter to what our country is. We would like to know the truth. Bill O'Reilly is best-selling author, legendary broadcaster, digital media magnate, as I call him. Uh, no Spin News broadcasts weekday nights at 8 and 11 p.m. on First TV. Uh, you can uh, get it on digital platforms like Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, and, of course, the latest book, Killing the Witches, The Horror of Salem, Massachusetts. It's a great read, recommended for uh, your uh, hard-to-shop-for friends and family members at Christmas. Uh, Bill, any, uh, before I let you go, do you, got, you have any uh, Christmas traditions that you do every year for the holidays? Well, I'm a boring guy, as you know, Pete. Um, so I live in a house that's 110 years old. It's a colonial house. And we do the candles in the window. Yeah. Do the Christmas tree. Uh, we have a uh, 110-year-old hearth, fireplace. So it's real Christmassy here. And you know me, I'm, I go out and spread good cheer wherever I go. I'm noticed for that. I have, no, I have heard that, yes. That's, uh... <laughs> so, this is a, Christmas, a nice Christmas place here on Long Island. Very good, uh, very good. I appreciate your time, as always, sir. Uh, keep up the good work, and Merry Christmas to you. Happy New Year, and a, 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 a prosperous and safe 2024. Same to you, Pete, and uh, Merry Christmas to all WBT listeners.
All right, do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay, so what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even. Because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com veteran-owned Carolina a readiness supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? One of the things in reading through what because the uh, the the vote to to launch the impeachment inquiry it passed last night uh, by the House, right? And it was along party lines. It was a 221 to 212 party line vote. All the Republicans voted for the inquiry, and all the Democrats voted to be ignorant. And I mean, Tim, and I get it. I mean, I don't want to ascribe the motive that they know that they're going to find something here, but um, it's possible. <laughs> I mean, there are some. I'm sure. Look, just politically, you don't want to, you don't want anything to do with this. You don't want this going into the election cycle. I thought it was interesting. O'Reilly said that it's not uh, that he doesn't think Biden is going to be the uh, uh, the nominee, but yeah, I don't know. We shall see. But the 221 to 212 party line vote put the entire House Republican conference on record, according to the Associated Press, in support of an impeachment process that can lead to the ultimate penalty for a uh, president. Punishment for what the Constitution describes as high crimes and misdemeanors, which can lead to the removal from office if convicted at a Senate trial. That is a key part. So the Associated Press's article on this vote to proceed with an impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden Yesterday, saw every Republican, they say, rallying around the politically charged process, despite lingering concerns among some in the party that the investigation has yet to produce evidence of misconduct by the president. Evidence of misconduct. Okay, so let me jump ahead two paragraphs, read another sentence from that paragraph, and then I'm going to. I'm going to tie this together. I'm going to I'm going to Jen Psaki like circle back here and uh, we're going to talk about what is evidence. OK, so two paragraphs down. Why are Republicans pursuing this against Biden? Answer. Since gaining the House majority in January, House Republicans have aggressively investigated Biden and his son Hunter, claiming without evidence that they engaged in an influence peddling scheme. Claiming without evidence. This is a term, it's a phrase that media has uh, adopted. They adopted it during the Trump presidency. And you would see it in virtually every single story mentioning Donald Trump and anything he tweeted, anything he said, anything he truth socialed or truthed or whatever it's called. Um, This claiming without evidence. And they just throw it around now like all the time. And I'm starting to doubt that this reporter at the AP, Farnoosh-Marie, Amiri, I think is how he pronounces it, or she, I don't know. Um, I, I'm starting to think the reporter doesn't know what evidence means, what the word means, what the definition is. And certainly the editors do not. 
If there are even editors left on the payroll at the AP, I don't know. Evidence. What is evidence? It's information, right? And when you enter something into evidence in a court of law, you're going to be saying this information is relevant. Does the evidence automatically prove something to be true? No, it does not in all cases. Evidence can be, this is going to be a big fancy word here, AP, so just we're going to sound it out for you. Circumstantial. Circumstantial. In other words, from the circumstances, right? This is, you have evidence that helps to paint the picture of the circumstances. Think of it like context, right? Think of it as context. You see a person walking down the street where, uh, uh, holding an umbrella, right? And so you could see that that's information. Your eyewitness account, you're seeing this happen. That's evidence. It's information. It's evidence of something. What is it evidence of? Well, they're carrying an umbrella. It's pretty solid evidence they're carrying an umbrella because you're seeing it. Why? Well, what's the context? One could assume it's raining, right? Without any other information, though, you would not know it's raining if you can't see it's raining. You just see a person with an umbrella. So you can't tell. Maybe they're standing up against the window and so they're blocking the rest of the window. So you can't tell if it's actually raining. Or they could have a skin condition. Maybe it's sunny and they don't want the sun to hit them. So they're carrying it like a parasol. See what I mean? So it doesn't automatically prove something. You have to have other pieces of evidence that help to create the entire circumstance, right? The whole context, all of it, and all kind of pieces together. Okay. I know it's kind of, I, I feel like I'm like talking to like a third grader here, but it's the AP. So um, in case they're not aware, there is a website called Grabian. Now I know they're kind of a competitor because they, they uh, uh, aggregate audio clips and, and uh, video clips. It's run by a guy named Tom Elliott. And at this website, grabian.com, you can see the list that he has been compiling of, again, what I'd like to call evidence. 46 pieces of evidence, which, but like, there are certain evidence that's obviously going to be more uh, persuasive, right? Like, if you have Joe Biden on video taking the big fat bag with the dollar sign on it from, you know, the head of Burisma. And as he does, as he hands it over, he's like, you know, this is for all of the bribery. You know, unless you've got that on video, that's a smoking gun. That's a real solid piece of evidence. Otherwise, you're you're putting together all of the pieces in order to paint the larger picture. Forty six pieces of evidence that implicate Joe Biden in the corruption scandals. Do you want to know what they are? I'll run through them for you. Sure, why don't I do that? All right, so let's go through some of the uh, the 46 pieces of evidence that the AP says doesn't exist. Number one, Hunter Biden's money guy says he was taking Joe Biden's tax refund and giving it to himself, or to Hunter, rather. Hunter's money guy says he took Joe Biden's tax refund, gave it to Hunter, because, quote, he owes it to you. Joe Biden wrote, number two, uh, Joe wrote Hunter's business partner a personal note expressing excitement for their partnership. Why would Joe do that? Joe dined at D.C.'s Cafe Milano with Hunter's Ukrainian, Russian, and Kazakhstani business partners. 
Obama administration officials caught unawares after Biden demanded the firing of Ukrainian prosecutor investigating Burisma. The Bidens received more than a million from corrupt Romanian businessman Gabriel Popovicu, while Vice President Biden was campaigning against corruption in Romania. Hunter Biden contacted FBI Director Louis Free to try to get help. Biden's money guy had Hunter refill his bank account so Joe's AT&T bill could be paid. Biden wrote college recommendation letters for two of Hunter Biden's Chinese business partner's kids. Biden, a.k.a. the big guy, got a 10% cut in a venture with the Chinese-linked CEFC China Energy Company, earning $6 million. Hunter threatened his Chinese business partner via that WhatsApp message. President uh, Biden's brother, James, told the FBI family tr- that the family tried to help the Chinese firm buy U.S. energy assets. That one's from the FBI, folks. That piece of information or evidence. Hunter's text says he's been paying his dad's bills for 11 years. Hunter Biden text says he only kept 15% of his paychecks. Emails show Hunter and Joe shared a bank account. When Hunter accidentally paid a prostitute with money from his dad's account, the Secret Service arrived at his hotel to remedy the situation. A Hunter Biden text to his daughter complained that Joe took half of his salary. Members of the Chinese party wired Hunter Biden 260k after Joe announced his run for the presidency. The beneficiary address listed by the uh, way on that was uh, Joe Biden's Delaware residence. The FBI informant confirmed the big guy is Joe Biden. Hunter Biden used 411 government flights while his dad was vice president. Delaware Assistant U.S. Attorney Leslie Wolf prevented agents from investigating Joe Biden as part of the FARA probe, Foreign Agent Registration Act. Hunter Biden's former business partner verifies the big guy absolutely refers to Joe Biden. That's Tony Bobulinski. Biden received a million dollars from UPenn, despite not having to do any work. The same university, by the way, home of the Biden Center, got $54 million in gifts from China. After Biden left the vice presidency, Hunter's Burisma salary got cut in half. Hunter's Chinese investment firm helped China acquire cobalt mines that President Biden is making increasingly profitable through the Inflation Reduction Act. Biden routed more than $10 million in income through S-Corps, S-Corporations, but refuses to release those entities' tax returns. Ten days after Hunter threatened his Chinese business partner, the Bidens received two payments from China, totaling $5 million. Joe would later have a $5 million discrepancy between his government transparency reports and his federal tax return. Joe met personally with Hunter's finance guy more than two dozen times. Totally normal. Banks filed more than 150 suspicious activity reports related to the Biden's money laundering schemes. That's from Newsweek, by the way. A Russian oligarch who had business dealings with the Bidens escaped sanctions under the Biden administration. Foreign funds were routed through shell companies to nine different Biden family members, including grandkids. I guess they were also experts on Ukrainian energy companies. An FBI informant says there are two tape recordings of Biden and a Ukrainian businessman discussing bribes. Hunter text message says his dad was sitting nearby as he was demanding payment from the Chinese bribe. Joe Biden repeatedly lied while denying for years he never discussed business with his son. 
IRS whistleblower said he was prevented from investigating crimes leading to Joe Biden. FBI memo from their confidential human source at Burisma says Joe orchestrated a bribe in exchange for his own legal help. Joe attends more than two dozen meetings with Hunter's business partners. Joe interacts with Hunter's clients more than 200 times. Hunter's business partner says, quote, it's categorically false that Joe had no role in Hunter's business dealings. Text messages given to the FBI say Chinese, the Chinese wanted the Biden family name to help acquire U.S. energy assets. Bank records show the Bidens received more than $20 million from Russia, uh, Kazakhstan, oligarchs. Veep met these contacts. Joe met the contacts. A Russian oligarch sent the Bidens $3.5 million. They had then avoided sanctions under Biden's sanctions regime. Joe had two fake government email identities during the Obama administration. National Archives has 5,400 emails where he uses fake names to dish government info to Hunter Biden and others. I didn't even get through the whole list. But this isn't evidence of anything, right? 